up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 39 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. Something, something, everything you like is trashed, yada, yada. So I'm not... Yet? I'm not oh, really... No, you got more? I'm not, like, really feeling like dunking on people for having different opinions today, so... You know. Oh, look at you. That's like maybe some personal growth here. Character wow. development. <laughs> There's an arc. There's an arc growing here across these uh, 39 episodes. It's definitely that and not just my cat kept me up all night and I didn't sleep very well. So, you know. <laughs> Partial character development. The low energy antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. The edgelord with the heart of gold, Mr. Robert Thompson. Hey, Congress is shut down, but we're not. <laughs> We're here toiling for free. Yeah. <laughs> the Guildmaster himself, Mr. Sean Bartley. Hello. Hey. And the esports dynamo, Miss Peggy it Ford. Me. <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, you know, welcome back to another episode of the Video Game Pals. We're going to kick things off the way we sometimes do uh, by talking about what we're playing this week. Um, I want to kick it over to Andy first because uh, he got a chance to do some, um, well, I wouldn't say extensive hands-on because of how the servers were, but he got to play Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, I, um, I spent six hours in the queue and played one and a half matches. Oh. It was great. Oh, 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 oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. Those of you on Xbox know his pain because apparently the Xbox servers were just not up to snuff. Oh, shit. Your first they were not was playing on Xbox. Mm, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sean, we, uh, we, don't, do we, don't need we, we don't need we don't need to start the console war up, everybody. We're trying to talk about Dragon Ball. Uh, <laughs> but what I learned is that I'm not great with Vegeta, and that broke my heart. That Frieza is Bay. Oh my god, Frieza's so fun, everybody. <laughs> I feel like Frieza, I, I heard, is uh the one of the trolliest characters, has like the craziest and most like different moveset. Oh yeah, this is coming from a dedicated spider-man player in um mvc3 mm. and frieza's definitely like that level of janky and not quite playing the same game of ever as everyone else <laughs> all right i can get behind that i mean i used frieza during comic-con i totally agree shit was fucking ridiculous that was my star just like <laughs> bop 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 i'm frieza <laughs> Uh, but that was a lot of fun. There's still no Yajirobe, so I'm, you know, anger. <laughs> and now you mentioned that you had had some issues with um, some of the, like, menu systems and stuff like that, which obviously, since it's not necessarily the finished version of the game, we don't know how they'll be when we get it this week, but... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I really did not like the way it was set up, where... So... On the user's end, before you do anything, you have to pick a server, and you have to pick, like, which of the 64-person servers you want to join, which seems strange to me. And then there's, like, a instead of a menu, you go as, like, a chibi version of whatever character you want to be, and you walk around, and, like... I forget what it's supposed to be, but it looks like King Kai's planet, kind of. Like, you walk around and you pick where you're going to go. And I would much... Okay, like a small planet. Yeah, I would much rather it be just, like, menu, multiplayer, you know? And then it does all the, the work on the back end. It's kind of like Xenoverse's menu, then? 
Yeah. Or like kind of like the uh, the Marvel versus Capcom menus. Oh no! I mean the the Fighter Z is sounds like Xenoverse's menu where you have to run around like an idiot to find where you oh, want to yep. go. Yeah. Like there's no menus. You don't select things. You have to run across the map to do multiplayer. It takes like thirty seconds. It's really annoying. Yep, it is exactly that. Mm. Yeah, it's like that's a fun idea. I feel like it's like oh cool, we'll have like a GUI instead of like you know just a simple menu system, but. You want something that's clean and navigable, not, like, that looks cool. You literally have to run to your destination to pick something. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's super annoying. But, all the, you know, little stuff aside, the game is really fun. So do you think, like, I remember when you were dealing with the issues on hand you said that it had kind of like soured you on the game a little bit. Like, do you think you're still going to pick it up this week or? Um, I'm probably not going to pick it up this week. It, it, the beta definitely took me from like, oh, I'm going to pre-order this to, well, I'm going to wait and see and make sure everything's smoothed out and that, you know, it has some staying power. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, that's the risk you take, you know? Yeah, I'm just like, I've, I don't know that I've ever had a beta experience that turned me off of a game that much. Which is like, it's super weird because it's definitely a better game than Metal Gear Survive, but I played the Metal Gear Survive beta this weekend and like, the game's fun. I'm like, <laughs> I'm really enjoying my experience with it. That's so surprising. I mean, not that you like it, but that like anyone's enjoying it <laughs> you mean seriously the zombie unicorn thing is actually like more fun than dragon ball um <laughs> like dragon ball is a better game but i'm having a better much better experience with metal gear zombie unicorn edition jesus christ um, i i don't know how that's wait, even possible wait thompson honest no. to god the beta is still going on you can download it on ps4 it's a lot of fun it's still oh metal my god gear, i don't know if i want to taint my hard drive with that shit right now <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know, man. Thompson, how many hours did you put into Seven Days to Die? Oh, boy. You want me to check? (laughs) A couple hundred hours? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so imagine if Seven Days to Die had dumber-looking zombies, but also the gameplay mechanics from Metal Gear Solid V. Uh, Like, the action and the shooting. Fine. I'll download it. (laughs) And the Fox engine. I'll download it. I'll delete a game. I'll figure out the room. Damn you, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Did it. I mean, you got me to buy Prey, like, weeks ago. That shit's fucking great now. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, Prey is fucking great now. Thompson, I've been, like, sitting on my copy, and now that you're playing it, I'm gonna pick it up so we can talk about it. <laughs> it's, dude, it's good, man. I'm I'm regretting I didn't play it sooner. I just started awesome. a new game because I was, like, five hours into it and completely lost when I tried to start playing it again. <laughs> well, I'm gonna pick it up probably this week, so we'll, let's have a, we'll talk about it next week. Cool, cool, nice. cool. Like, only, Sweet. like, six months too late. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. I mean, hey, any any love we can give that game, we can sell two more copies of it. I'll be happy. Fair enough. <laughs> I so um, I have one more game I've been playing this week and a confession to make. Oh right, I forgot about this. I literally almost let you get away with this I'm twice. Confused. Jesus Christ! I'm I'm really happy that you did this, man. I I started playing Pokemon Ultra Sun, which oh. is so far opens a little bit faster than Pokemon Sun, which I like. Nice, but. I for the first time ever because oh my you good went water Pete didn't you needed to be able to you laugh went water at me. yeah mm. 
Wow. What the fuck is up, pals? What is up? The Rowlet has come home to roost. Water Pokemon are the greatest. I, I'm i not happy about it. I have a Pop Leo named Pierre. E2, Andy. E2. In honor of my victory, my moral victory. I'm uh, stunned. Yeah, I really don't know what led you to this decision. The morals are as solid as water. <laughs> hey, water's pretty solid when it's ice. All right, but you yeah, didn't but we already voted that type. ice is garbage. The water type. This yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a different type, Andy. Andy, pick, for thirty-nine episodes, the- you've talked trash <laughs> about water Pokemon, and here you are, admitting on the podcast that you chose one as your starter. Andy, I the feel- betrayer. I would have lied. Yeah, come on. I don't even know you I- anymore. I did it out of love for Pete. No, you didn't. And I would do it again. <laughs> don't don't try to curry favor now. You think we're just going to forget? You had 39 about episodes to do that. You had 39 episodes to trash talk. You don't switch it up in the last hour. You know That's what? That's how this works. You know what? That's it. That makes me the antagonist now. That's Listen, right. Oh, I can God. still be a hypocrite. I have this. No, I will blame He's your trash. Trash. Listen, listen. Here's here look look guys it's just what happened is like I've I've compared Andy to Vegeta on more than one occasion he's just finally had his face turned he saw the light Andy the hypocrite brown you know That's what's it. A- <laughs> from now on has to be no it's it's Benedict one of those brown. things you where like it. there's a greater it. threat and I did what like, the unthinkable and fused with Goku Soiled there's, it. no there's no way out of this I don't want to hear it <laughs> disgrace Welcome to the right side of history. Bullshit! Alright, so, if you want to let us know what you're playing this week, you guys can write in in the show and hear your thoughts right on the air, give us a random question of the week, or just say hey by dropping us a line at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. You can also follow our sister show at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. Stay up to date with all the cool stuff we've got going on here at the Pals Network. Um, we've got a big year planned in 2018, and uh, I definitely hope that you'll follow along, because uh, I think if you enjoy this show, we've got a lot of new stuff coming out that will be right up your alley as well so if you're an audio listener we'd greatly appreciate it if you guys would give us a like on your platform of choice uh or if there's a platform that you want us to be on that we're not already there let us know and we'll get there um if you really want to help the show you can jump over to itunes where we're currently a five-star rated podcast something of which we're very proud and uh give us whatever rating you think we deserve it really helps the show uh get um you know get new eyes on it so uh, and if you're over on YouTube, you can do us a solid by liking this video, subscribing to the channel if you haven't already, and then, um, you know, just, as always, sharing uh, sharing the video, sharing the podcast, sharing however you consume the show with other people that you think might be into it, and, um, you know, help the uh, Pals Network grow. So with that, we've got a uh, little random question of the week! That was a good one. It's of the nice. literal week because Andy's answering it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Damn. You see, Pete? Oh, I love you it. see what I do for you? <laughs> Fall on the sword. Feels good. Um, so this was this one was indirectly <laughs> Peggy's idea. So no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, let I'm her, claiming uh... full on full like full ownership of this now. Yeah, so go ahead. What's your favorite Final Fantasy, guys? Because we were gonna say sci-fi or fantasy, and everyone thought that Andy had said Final Fantasy. And but he didn't, so I took Everyone it. Everyone 
everyone. <laughs> everyone but Andy. <laughs> and Peggy thought that Andy had said Final Fantasy. <laughs> Why don't we start so, with Sean? Because I think he has a great love of the series. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have an a, answer. No. B. Fuck you. Uh, I didn't know you played any. I- I'm sorry. I was just kidding around, man. I honestly no. think mine's going to be the worst, but go for it. I mean, my answer is the only, well, my answer is the only one that I beat, and that's Final Fantasy X. Ooh, wow, shit, that's dude. Nice. Holy crap. Ten's mine. The only one... Hey. Yeah. Ah, so I'm not such a scrub after all. <laughs> no, that's my favorite no. one out of every, all 15. So why, why ten, you guys? Uh, well, it's the only one I beat, so there's that. <laughs> fair, um, fair. But <laughs> in addition, uh, so that I mean that story really, really hit me hard. Um, it was one of the first RPGs that I played um, of that magnitude, you know, like, uh, and I thought all the characters were so well developed. I, I fell in love with basically everybody, um, and uh, I really loved. All the like cool stuff you could find, like the hidden summons and the ultimate weapons and stuff like that. I I mean, that that's the kind of thing that like keeps me invested in games, especially back then when I was really really playing RPGs hard. Um, that was like the first one, uh, and getting that experience of like you know spending all those hours like online trying to figure out how to unlock all the extra stuff, and then finally getting to the boss and. Just such a fantastic story. I, I loved it. And obviously it was well-liked because they put out 10-2 and all that other stuff. So, you know. Remastered, yeah. Yeah. The remastered edition is great, by the way. So, Thompson, why is it your favorite? Uh, basically everything Sean said, but the sphere grid, you know, like that really sold me. Because I am a sucker for like a well-developed like leveling system or anything like that. And it's entirely unique to the game. You know, like nothing else has ever used it like that. Um, yeah, I'm sure that was a really good system. Yeah, it was super easy to understand. Yeah, and like everyone could get what they had to get for their specialization, but it's also sort of like you hit that level where everyone can do everything, which is pretty damn cool too. And uh, you know, like just being able to switch party members out in battle, like holy crap, dude! Hey, Up until that point, do it since that was never possible. And just. Uh, <laughs> yeah but not in final fantasy like the previous nine were just like you have your party that's what you go into fights with that's it you know and this yeah. one like or you had to like pick people yeah you know? this like, one like you wanted fluidity you know yeah and it was just beautiful like that it it made you think uh bosses had you know like just that dumb uh underwater boss that's undead so you throw like a fucking max potion on it and kills it I mean, that, like, that's just so cool like you know they were just like here's an undead boss cheese it with two health potions that's incredible <laughs> you know I mean, just stuff like that, you know, really sucked me into the RPG. And, like, yeah, nothing, not for nothing, it was, uh, had moments like the haha, you know, like, Titus and you in a laugh scene. Like, I, like, <laughs> don't really care about that. Like, who cares? There's a great story built in beyond all the crap. There's, like, Edgy Oren and stuff. I loved him, you know. Uh, it, and, like, I even played 10 2, you know? Jeez. <laughs> now, that's a bad Ten game. Bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's a bad game. I, I also love Final Fantasy X. I know yeah. that there are a lot of people that hate on it, but I, I think there's a lot of people our age who it resonated with because, yeah, yeah. you know, shit. it was one of the first or the first that we ever played. It was also like first voice acted uh, Final Fantasy, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And like the animation was insanely good for its yeah. time. It's still good, know? man. Like the remastered really held up, you know? Like they didn't change much besides the character models. Yeah, they smoothed out the rough edges and everything. But it holds up, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, 
So for me, it's um, I, mine's like kind of tangentially related to Final Fantasy X, so I'm going to go. Uh, because Final Fantasy X was my first exposure to Final Fantasy. Um, uh, like one of my closest friends as a kid had it. And like I played through the first few hours with him like when it first came out. And I was so into it. I went to um, Game uh, – or not GameStop, Toys R Us to go like get it. And there were no copies left. So I got Final Fantasy IX. Ooh, yeah. And um, that became the first Final Fantasy that I ever played. And um, I think because of that, it gave me, like, a better uh, – not a better uh, – a, a better connection to the earlier Final Fantasies when I went back and played them because it was, like, you know, very much a um, kind of, like, return to roots for the series and, like, got away from the steampunk and, like, a lot of that stuff that they'd introduced in some of the more modern games at that time. And – uh because of that, I've always gravitated towards the more, like, fantasy-oriented Final Fantasy games, I think. And um, it, it, that that was just a game, like, to, you know, Sean's point, it was the first RPG I'd ever played of that caliber. You know, like, I, I knew I liked RPGs because Pokemon was my first experience with a video game. So, obviously, or not a video game, but it was the first game I ever, like, owned myself, right? So, like, that definitely predisposed me to, like, enjoying RPGs, but... That, that's such a different thing than, wow, this is a game with, like, a leading cast of characters with their own personalities, and they have, like, you know, hours and hours of voice dialogue, and I just never experienced something like that. And uh, it, like, totally enthralled me, and the fact that, like, I bought it, and I was like, oh my god, there's four discs? How long is this game? Like, I'd never played a game that was, you know, I could put a hundred hours into and you I got better it. believe I played it for a hundred hours. <laughs> and, uh, it, <laughs> dude, it was like a game I had, I had a, um, a, a friend who lived down the, you know, I had two friends who were like older than me that lived on my street that I had to like get advice from cause they had already beaten the game. And it was like really hard cause I was like nine. <laughs> That's two more friends than I believe a nine year old. <laughs> I have lots of friends, Andy. Video games were popular, and I had lots of Pokemon cards. I have cards. friends. I definitely have friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so that was definitely a really formative experience for me. So Final Fantasy IX has, like, definitely always held a very special place in my heart. And um, Zidane, I think, is probably the coolest, like, leading man in Final Fantasy history, in my opinion. Because he's, like, just edgy enough without being an edgelord. And uh, I always thought Vivi was really cool, too. So... That's that's got to be dope. Pick. Um, I guess I'm next because unless Peggy wants to talk about her Final Fantasy experience, <laughs> I guess I'm next because I talked yep. next. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, go for it. Okay. Um, so I didn't have like a a childhood Final Fantasy experience the way you guys are describing it, but um, my first Final Fantasy was also my favorite because I was way into JRPGs and I was like 16 and. Everybody was like, Final Fantasy VI is the best one! So that's what I played. And dear God, were they right. <laughs> um, I think it's probably objectively the best one. I, I love all of the crazy shit that, like, every character has their own, like, subsystem. Um, the one dude, you have to, like, do a fighting game combo to win the <laughs> fight where he's introduced. And the game doesn't fucking tell you that. <laughs> it feels so cool when you finally get it. Um, it. Kefka 
what else but probably dear god he's terrifying (laughs) for those who don't know he's like a psychotic clown demon basically yeah it's about right (laughs) he's like the comic relief villain for the first two-thirds of the game and then it turns out he was the real bad guy all the time and he becomes god because he's tired of being comic relief and destroys the world Brilliant. Yep. <laughs> Sean's face. Just, <laughs> just watch his eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, real big on Kafka. I do also want to give a shout out to uh, one of the lesser Final Fantasy games, Final Fantasy 15. Dear God. <laughs> one of the lesser games. You want games. to give a shout out to a lesser game. I do. It's like, it's not good, but it's also great. I can't. <laughs> it's a great bad game, man. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I think Andy Brown once described it as the most okayest game I've ever loved. <laughs> and I think that's a really good way to put it. Like, that's how I feel but about it. But in a franchise it. with so many beloved games, why would you want to talk about one that's okay? Um, because <laughs> I love Prompto. And, like, I don't know. We're, we're all sitting here talking about the characters of Final Fantasy. And I think that. For all of its many, many flaws, Final Fantasy XV has some of the best characters in Final Fantasy. Um, the main group, the gang, they're so well, like, fleshed out, and the game spends so much time, like, just letting you live in their relationship that there's a spot later in the game where uh, one of the characters is mad at you, and... I wasn't, when I'm playing it, I wasn't thinking, oh, like, yeah, this makes sense for the plot. I was thinking, oh, Gladio's being a real dick. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was personally offended that this video game character was mad at a different video game character that I controlled. And (laughs) yeah, no, I I felt that way too, man. Well, one day you guys can start the Final Fantasy Pals and pontificate about that all day. Until then, why don't why don't we let Peggy go? (laughs) Damn. Okay, so uh, first off, also shout out to Final Fantasy X because that was a game that was kind of handed down in the generations of my cousins. Like one of my cousins had it, who gave it to my other cousin, who gave it to me. So that was pretty like pretty cool to kind of like have that connection. Which I thought was like always like oh cool, uh, but one of my one of those cousins in that like Final Fantasy X tree line, uh, gave me another game and it's been my top five ever since, and it was Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. That was on the oh. PSP. Oh, yeah, damn. that was on the PSP. That's a fucking that's a it deep is. Nut. <laughs> uh, I love this game, and if I had a chance to play it again, I absolutely would. Uh, Zach Fair is one of my favorite characters in in Final Fantasy and just in general, like easy top five. And the thing was, I went into it blind, so I didn't know spoiler that Zach dies in the end. So that final fight where you're up against like countless of of soldier people and soldier soldiers sure and going after (laughs) like and like trying to survive it i'm sitting there going how the fuck am i gonna get out of this because like i'm trying everything that i can and then the cutscene happens and i'm crying at this point i don't cry at a lot of shit when it comes to like video games or really just in general but like this hit this hit really really hard um and like since then like just kind of like Zach's, like, philosophy about, like, being really positive and that sort of thing has been something that I've been, like, 
inspired by, though I'm still a pessimist, but I'm not as much as a pessimist as I was before <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. And um, it's just it's just always something to remember, like, yeah, I am gonna dream big. Thanks, buddy. And like, you know, it's it's just like one of the one of the most impactful games when I was a kid. And then going into like I think it was in like high school actually, high school or like eighth grade when it came out. Um and it was just something that like I felt like I really needed at the time and, and just Zack is such a great character. Um and now going into Final Fantasy Seven, like the actual one, uh, and seeing the context behind it, because basically Final Fantasy Seven Crisis Core was all about the behind the scenes and how uh Cloud got into Soldier and then out of Soldier very, very quickly. Uh it was really cool to, to kind of have that perspective before you even came into it. So, like, I was playing it by the timeline when everyone else had to, like, kind of step back to see, like, the influences of the game. But, yeah, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core is, A, my favorite Final Fantasy, and, B, I would say top three of my favorite games of all time. Wow. Damn. High praise. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. People hated <clears throat> it. Like, if you ever watched X-Play, like, Sessler, like, tore it apart. Uh, but I, I always thought it was a really great game. You're just like, it's my favorite yeah. game! Why? Activating combat mode. No, uh, but like, it was it was really good. And I would highly recommend it. If anyone has a PSP, like, sure, go for it. Why not? I mean, you could probably get like a PSP mini for like 50 yeah, bucks. Yeah, you could probably get the game for like 10. So like, that's only 60 bucks. You're fine. Just go get it. <laughs> Also, it might be a classic on Vita. That might be a thing. So you go get yourself a PS e. Vita. Nobody should go get a PS Vita. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, dream big. No, not anymore. Not anymore. Now you just get a Switch. Like Peggy Wait said, the switchboard. dream big, yeah. Pete. <laughs> something, something, honor. Yeah. All right, so uh, before we jump into the news, uh, we do have a bit of reader mail. Um, but even before I read the, the one that I have... Um, Sean, I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about a little something that happened over on our Facebook page this week. Right. So, uh, it is no longer available for uh, viewing because the individual who made the post, uh, you know, he backed out and decided he no longer wanted anyone to be able to see the uh, savagery. Uh, (laughs) But... Uh, so essentially what happened is last week we talked about the issue of women not being represented at all in OWL and, uh, you know, it's a controversial topic and there are a lot of people with different opinions about it and, you know, we, we wanted to know why this was the case and get feedback from, from you guys and someone did, uh, write into us on our Facebook page and, uh, made the claim, the bold claim that the reason why women in this guy's mind, are not as good as men in video games is because of evolution and cognitive biology. Fuck yourself! <laughs> uh, he made the claim that science is the reason why uh, men are superior and the reason why women are being kept out, and it has nothing to do with um, any kind of bias, right? Uh, and so, of course, I brought up that science and that that kind of claim has been used historically to hold people down i mean that was a that was a big thing about black people being um biologically different than 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 other humans thus making them a subhuman class uh and then of course he pivoted because he said oh i'm not a racist racism is dumb i'm just talking to you about scientific facts um and you know and we went down the rabbit hole and he he made the claim that uh instead of instead of 
talking about these things, uh, we should make uh, gaming a bigger cultural deal within the groups that feel underrepresented. So what he's saying is that if women and minorities want more representation in uh, the gaming space, then we should make it a bigger priority in our homes. Um, totally disregarding and ignoring the fact and proving he didn't listen to the episode because uh, we made it very clear that the reason why those groups are underrepresented is because when you log in to, you know, play Overwatch and you get on mic to try to, you know, be a part of the team and you're a woman, the first question you get asked is, oh, well, what's your breast size, you know, or you get made fun of because you're a woman or no one thinks that you can play the game and no one and they doubt you that's not fun you know it's not fun to have that experience and it's going to lead to women who would otherwise be great at the game because they're passionate and want to be good um it'll lead to them being shut out because they don't have that experience it's simple and it's a lot more logical than your scientific bullshit argument uh, and of course, this individual is not a scientist, so I would love to know where he got his data from. And when I asked for the data, he never provided it. So there you go. Um, at me with that if you want. I'll slay you. It's what I do. I enjoy it. It's fun for me. Um, but if you're going to argue and you're going to try to defend what is obviously a big problem uh, in the gaming space, at least do it with some level of reason. Because otherwise, you're just going to look stupid and you're going to end up deleting your post like this guy did. Sean, remind me never to get clown about a thing. <laughs> I mean, That's why he's the guildmaster. <laughs> no, you just have to come up with him with actual facts, not nonsense. I'm happy to debate anyone civilly, but if you're going to tell me something stupid, then, you know. Sean, scientific studies have shown <laughs> that standing in the fire is good for a guild. Three and five doctors agree. It raises morale. <laughs> yeah. It raises right. morale because you uh, Sorry. So uh, we also did have a uh, we did have a piece of mail a that um, mail? got lost in the shuffle. We got this uh, yeah some pizza mail. Pizza. Um, but uh, we 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 got a, uh, a a message from our our buddy Tyler Olson from uh, friend of the show from the Long Box Podcast who's on a previous episode you can go check out as well. Uh, he writes in a uh, question for the show. What's Daredevil called when his billy club oh, snaps mid-jump? <laughs> Splat Murdoch. You're welcome. Yo, Splat Murdoch and Sonny oh, Nelson. There you go. Exactly. Obviously, that is in reference to the Soggy Nelson joke from earlier in January. Tyler, I am sorry we missed this message. Uh, solid Are job. we sorry? Are we sorry? Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Thanks for the mail and all. I was like, God yeah. damn it. <laughs> all right. So with that, we're going to jump into the news. Um, the news. Oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah, not no. a thing. <laughs> I guess that means it's time for... The news, the news, we talking about the news, the news, the news, we talking about the news. The news. Let's jump into the news. There we go. There's the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a stack news item this, uh, I can't, I'm getting, I'm fucking up all my things, you guys. There's a lot of news this week, so let's jump right into it, all right? Um, so we're going to kick things off with some game announcements. Uh, a lot of, like, new, th- new, not new stuff necessarily, but a lot of franchises kind of coming back things that we haven't heard from in a long time that we're going to get in, be getting some new uh, entries in, which are pretty interesting. Um, so the first of which is uh, we're going to be getting the first Scribblenauts game in over Woo! four years. 
uh, called... Yeah, right? I, I was a big fan of Scribblenauts games back in the day on the 3DS. Um, so, Scribblenauts Showdown is going to be coming to Switch, PS4, and Xbox One on March 6th. So, it's right around the corner. Um, going to add some new playable characters and some kind of typical-sounding multiplayer modes. But, um, you know, it seems like it's Scribblenauts as usual, just with some new bells and whistles. Uh, but there's going to be a new development team taking over. Shiver Entertainment is going to be uh, replacing the series' original developer, Fifth Cell, who was making a, another game in the series for a long time that kind of fell through, and they suffered a bunch of layoffs. So they're still around, but doesn't seem like they're necessarily equipped to take on the project anymore. So uh, WB has uh, given it over to Shiver. Hmm. So um, right around the corner, if you're a Scribblenauts fan... Uh, which I am, so I think I'll probably pick it up, and uh, I'll have some impressions for you then. Andy, you sounded excited about it. You think uh, you'll I get think it? I think I'll probably end up getting it on sale. Like Scribblenauts is a a series that I liked as a uh, like a time waster, but yeah, was yeah, they're never, fun little puzzle you know, games. Too into. Yeah, I feel like it would, I feel like it'd be real at home on the Switch. I feel like that's a thing I could definitely see myself like pulling out every once in a while when I've got like five minutes to kill and don't feel like let's, jumping let's into something real, more though. substantial. Is there a game you don't think would be real at home on the Switch? Not really. That's the problem. That's no. I mean that's not really a problem. It's it's a good problem. That's why I love the Switch. Switch. Yeah, every- everything should be on Switch. Yeah, PUBG. Uh, <laughs> PUBG, give me it on Switch. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Unless they do Mario yeah, they DLC, have... then it's suddenly like Mario Battle Royale, then it's fine. Tell me how good that, that sounds. sounds Tell me that doesn't sound good. You dress up like Mario. It's the same PUBG models, but they have like bad yeah. Mario clothes. It's Come on, come the fuck on. It's in the style of Kingdom uh, Battle. As long as I can play as Waluigi. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Just he suddenly sneaks up on you, and it's like the shotgun goes wah every time you hit it. <laughs> I wonder how long it would take that game it's to get out of beta. Sniper. Oh, oh my god, early never, access. Never get well, actually, they don't do early access, so they probably have to release it as 1.0. We'll get it in like six years. Mm. Yeah, maybe Nintendo would be, you know, smart. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Alright, so, uh, yeah, so we've also uh, gotten word that um, Fox Next Games, which is the video game division of Fox, uh, is working on a new shooter set in the Alien universe. So, um, (laughs) yeah, so, right. It's like, we'll see, uh, Fox next games. Like I said, they, they, they debuted last year. Um, they, they've only, uh, they've got their first game coming out like in, uh, later this year. It's like a little mobile game called Marvel strike force. which is like a free to play RPG, but they acquired a new studio, which is uh, called cold iron studios, who is made up of, um, veteran talent from cryptic who were the team behind Neverwinter and City of Heroes. Ooh, so they're City getting, of Heroes. Yeah, but even so, it's like, so we're getting a bunch of people who, like, their pedigree is, like, RPGs and MMOs. And, and mobile working games. On a sh- uh, well, then they're working on a shooter. Well, no, so. the, this current company has a mobile game. They have a mobile game, yeah. So that's um, what they've worked with. But that's just, like, they're just publishing that. Oh, okay, yeah, I thought so. they were working on it. Yeah, Fox Next, Fox Next is like a publishing imprint, uh-huh, yeah. and they bought uh, Cold Iron. Mm-hmm. So, and Cold Iron hasn't made anything yet. Like they came out in, they became a studio in 2015, and they haven't released a game yet. Well, so this is going to be their first big project. Here's what I can say, so, man: as long as the game it, it, plays and functions like a game should, it's probably better than Colonial Marines. <laughs> like, right? That's like really all that's I'm caring the bar about. Like, so low. I'm. 
Right, but this is coming from like ten years of love in the Alien series for the shooter from the AVP games, you know, back in the day. And it's just like, yeah, man, Colonial Marines was just like the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, well, this is going to be the first one that's not in Sega's hands for a while. So, like, that was Colonial Marines was the Sega joint. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's a lot of untested talent, it seems like, but there are definitely like veteran developers here that know how to make a game. So, um, hopefully, it comes together. I could see, uh, I, I could see a an alien game if done right, like a you know a survival horror kind of thing. That's you know I think a, an easy sell if done right. Um, I hope it's not just kind of like a point and shoot FPS because I don't know that there's necessarily a market for that. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, so this next one I'm really excited to talk about here. Uh, it, it, this is a rumor, but it's, it's a big one. So it's, it's, and it's coming from a good place, right? So Eurogamer's Wesley Yinpool is reporting that Microsoft has plans for a proper Fable revival, um, less than two years after they've shut down Lionhead Studios. So Microsoft is reportedly, um, ha- or has reportedly chosen the UK studio Playground, uh, which makes the Forza Horizon series. Which is a weird choice, right? It's like they're known for making racing games and they're going to make Fable, but all right. Um, so from what they've heard, the game uh, is planned to be story and character focused, open world action RPG with a significant investment in its development also being planned. Uh, there's going to be about 200 people set to work on the game and they, they've they've just set up a new second office in um, Leamington Spa, Warwickshire. So that's that's in the UK, obviously. And um, they're, like, currently expanding on that team. Like, they're in early pre-pro. They're in double digits right now. And they're trying to hire up to that, like, 200 mark right now while they're planning the development of the game. Hmm. But, um, you know, I I was a huge fan of the first two Fable games. Um, Probably more definitely so of the first one. But, uh, so I'm I'm interested in this for sure. What's your guys' read on this? I love the first Fable game. Uh, I spent a lot of time with that, multiple replays. My friend and I would would trade off the controller every hour. Like, all right, it's my turn, you know? Um, Yeah. And uh, I I didn't really get into the second one at all. I don't know why. Just something felt different. Um, Didn't really click for me. And I wasn't interested in anything that they talked about or did after that. So the fact that they want to revive the franchise, I think it's cool. Um, if they get back to what the first one was in terms of just that sense of wonder. Um, uh, you know, an interesting point was made about why would you have gotten rid of the original team when you were going to do this this revival of Fable. Uh, yeah. But to be honest, <laughs> they got it wrong every other time. So why keep them around? Mm. If you've got a team that you that you think is reliable, Forza is a great um, uh, property for Microsoft. If you feel like they are reliable and they can get it done, then yeah, let's give them a shot at Fable. Makes total sense to me. I'm into this. I can't wait I to mean, see I the realistic. I, I yeah, it an Xbox, but... Well, it's going to be on PC as well, though. I'm not going to play That's it the thing. I don't want to play anything but Blizzard games on PC. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a controller, Sean. I don't want to play anything but Blizzard games on PC. That doesn't make sense. God damn it. I don't <laughs> want to play anything but Blizzard <laughs> games on PC. I don't understand. I think the best part about it is <laughs> oh. the way Sean's camera is when he sits back. He just goes completely out of frame. 
<laughs> I don't want to play anything but Blizzard games on PC. And then Sean's gone. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Sean. I, I think there were some quotes in the Eurogamer article that I didn't pull. Um, you can go check them out down below that come from, uh, you know, some of the original creators of the of the games who were former Lionhead people. And, um, you know, they've said it's understandably bittersweet. They're glad to see Fable isn't dead forever, but, you know, they're, they're upset they never got their chance at Fable 4. But it's like, I agree with Sean. Like, I don't think Fable 2 was as good as Fable 1 by any means. And I think Fable 3 was bad. Well, you're forgetting about that Fable on rails, like, kind of magic shooter VR game kind of thing they did. That shit I'm not even going to blame them for, because I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily think that that was, like, them being no, like, this is our vision for Fable. I, and I think it was more probably a mandate from Microsoft. I'm and sure like, it was. Let's, like, you know, I'm going to criticize them for the true Fable games in my mind. And they did two that were not up to snuff, you know? Two missed the mark just a little bit, and three was really far off. And I don't know that I would have wanted them to make another Fable game, you know, whereas like now that we've gotten some time and space away from Fable, I think it could be really cool to get another shot at it with a brand new team. Yeah. Yeah. And we said that about Mass Effect too. <laughs> no, that's different. That was an offshoot Hot of Bioware. Takes. That's Bioware bringing in the fucking the B team. All right. Just this saying. is a whole new studio. Like, these guys are, are proven, I think. Let's give them a shot. Yeah. I never played the first Fable and played a little bit of Fable 2. Yeah, I know. Don't at me. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I'm, it's like, good. I'm kind of excited for this one, but not going to lie. To me, what Fable is, is Peter Molyneux getting up there to say, this is going to be the greatest video game there's ever been. <laughs> but the first fable was that at the time it really like, was good time, though when yeah. i played that game i was like this is literally like what i wish every game was like yeah fable is incredible the first yeah it's the just first a one, masterpiece like, it has a great story like it was the first game that i that ever in that i ever experienced that had like a, a morality system yes. you know like i think uh kotor had had probably done it maybe a little bit beforehand but fables but was like i don't even totally like the choices you made really mattered whereas right. in kotor like they you know they were there but they were it's dialogue right, choices yeah. and in fable it was like if you stole it made you more evil if you gave to charity it made you more good and like every single thing that you did had an action and a reaction and affected the way that the world and like its characters saw you, you know, and like, and that's so. It was so impressive at that time, you know, and like, and I think it, it as an experience, it definitely, you know, I haven't played it in a long time now, but the last time I played it, it had been several years removed, and I, I thought it really held up. Cool. I, I hope this one's good. I hope it lives up to the expectations, but I do sincerely hope that they let Peter Manu come back to do PR for this game. No! <laughs> just be like Spore all over again. Keep him away from you it. You can do everything. You can't do anything. Oh my god. You know what the shitty part is? Spore's <laughs> a good game if you don't go into it with those expectations. Like, Well, that's a story for another day. If you don't want to play the Galactic Phase, Spore's a great game. So, finally, we get to the biggest announcement this week. Uh, Weird Nintendo is back. Because they have announced their new line of interactive experiences, Nintendo Labo. Hmm. 
Let's start with how we feel about this name because I I think we'll, we'll have some talks about the device itself. <coughs> Nintendo Labo? No. Wii U? I mean, like I'm, I'm glad I, I like it. They suck at names. I like it. I don't like they it. They suck at names. I think it's, I think it's cute. I, I think it probably would have been better if it was just like Nintendo Labs for, for the Western yeah. audiences, but like... That's, that's not Nintendo, right. though. It's aight. It's aight. <laughs> exactly. It's gotta be, it's gotta yeah. be silly. So, uh, if you somehow haven't seen the trailer yet, Nintendo describes Labo as, quote, a new line of interactive build-and-play experiences that combine DIY creations with the magic of Nintendo Switch. Um, so, you know, basically, what that means in practice seems to be a collection of AR minigames, you know, that uh, are going to be able to interact with cardboard sets that you build before you play. Um, so, so far, two sets of, uh, quote, toy cons have been announced for an April 20th release, 420 Blaze It. And, uh, the first one is the Variety Kit, which retails at $69.99 and, uh, has a lot of stuff we saw in the trailer, like a fishing set, uh, you can build a piano, a little house, um, some kind of, like, little, like, RC robot kind of thing, um... And then there's the robot kit, which retails at $79.99 and is basically cardboard robot cardboard armor. Cardboard robot armor, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, every kit's going to obviously come with the, the kit you need to build and the software that you're going to need to play. Um, they're also going to have – they have more kits and games uh, announced for the future. There's going to be customization sets available where you can, like, get stencils or stickers or tape for you to customize what it looks like. And um, they're also apparently going to be releasing the blueprints so that you can make your own Labo kits at home, which I'm assuming is going to be for replacements in case the, you break something, because it doesn't appear that the software is going to be available it's on its own. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. That announcement could come later. Um, so I have some thoughts on this, but what are what are your initial reactions to this announcement? Okay, <laughs> so I watched this trailer, and I'm saying this to you guys in all sincerity. I had no idea what the hell I was watching. Like, at all. I was so confused. I didn't understand if they meant, like, you have to build this, or if you could buy different setups, or, like, how this was supposed to work. I was struggling to figure out who this was for. Um, I, like, I will never just, like, wear cardboard. You know, like, I'm not just going to put a cardboard jetpack or whatever the hell that was on my body. Um, and then I was trying to figure out, like, okay, how do you sell this? And I didn't know the price point. So Pete's saying $69 and $79. If you're willing to spend that much money on this, then, yo, I want your life. Because I'm not, I don't have the capacity to spend $79 on cardboard. Like, what is this? This is ridiculous. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's it's not for you. It's for kids. You know, like, this is definitely like a thing for families. You know, like I think this is like it's basically like a Lego set, but at the end you get to play a video game. You know, I feel like that's like definitely it's aimed at. Um, I think definitely like for family time. You know. Like I, 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 I'm sure there will be adults who buy it, but I, I certainly yeah. Well, you know? good luck. When you spend eighty dollars and your child breaks this in two seconds, this is not this 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 doesn't make any sense. 
I definitely think that's a legitimate concern um, in my mind, that the durability of, like, because if you look at it, it does look like it's that kind of, like, that real thick cardboard that you can get, like, fucking paper cuts on. So, like, I'm sure, I'm definitely sure it's, like, fairly durable, but it's, like, how long is it until, you know, the kids get in a scuffle and, like, fall on it or something and just crush it, you know? Or you're thinking about, like, kids' hands being dirty and wet and stuff, maybe. They had some juice in their hands. They touched the cardboard. Yeah. It soaks in. Yeah, you spill a glass of water on it. I mean, it, that stuff's like... durability might not even be the question. It could just be, like, moisture in the air. It could just degrade it over the course of a week, you know? You never know. I mean, like, how... Th- yeah. how and no, it could be. If someone... if Seriously, dude, like, as I'm saying, like, if half of it gets soggy, it'll go through it and it's wrecked. You know what I'm saying? In any way. I don't know. I just don't trust cardboard with kids. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they're not gonna, like, there's a reason they make little Fisher-Price toys out of, like, hard plastic, dude. And then there's all kinds of, like, strings in here and stuff, like, yeah, you know, you're not... gonna have your kids playing with that? You can't leave them alone. This is something you're gonna have to monitor them while they play, and it, that's dangerous. Like, I don't, I don't get this. Like, well, again, I think, I think the intent is for you to play it together. The intent, sure, fine, okay, but is that really what's gonna happen? Fair. Yeah. I like it. I'm, I'm I mean, gonna defend this. <laughs> I yeah, I honestly like it too. I think it's it's really well, cool. Yeah, um, Go ahead, I think it's great as a like a weird goofy Nintendo thing. And yeah, maybe the price point's a little off, but they you know they're putting out the blueprints for replacements. If the cardboard breaks, it's it's gonna be fun for kids and parents and. Shout out to them. It's definitely not for me. But also, I might buy the robot one. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I think I think the, the price point is definitely a little mm-hmm. high. Um, you know, like, because I, I think, like, you have to keep in mind, like, it does have a game, right? And video games, box games usually cost $60. But I don't think it would have been unreasonable for them to say, like, all right, well, these are, like, Little AR mini games, like maybe they should be less, you know, like forty dollars or something like that. But I don't know. Maybe this robot game is more. Maybe substantial. the robot game maybe has got like, like a, a full fledged mecha campaign mode. Yeah, like maybe it's a partnership and, um, with Gundam that they yeah, just told they... you about. Well, right. I think to Sean's point, though, like the I I don't know that. I think as a trailer. That's it's fine, but I think they probably should have had a direct with it as well to talk about some of the specifics of like. Well, I mean, I think there will know. be. I don't think they're just gonna drop this and not give any more information on it. And and like yeah. to be honest, at least my uh, what's it called? I think my like perspective on this is that I think kids are gonna like it because you know not only can they. Uh, can they like you know play the games and it'll look like VR in some in- some instances, but also like they get to make it. And if anything, that can kind of help uh, kids get more into engineering and that sort of thing, which I think would be really really cool. Uh, because I know there's like if I was more exposed to that, I probably wouldn't have went into RTF to be dead honest. But uh, but like you know, kids are gonna have a lot more hands on experience with the games that they have, and now they're not only unplaying this, it's I made this and this works on this console that everyone knows and that sort of thing. That's really cool and also no one has considered cardboard shotgun for doom so oh that'd be fun (laughs) so i'm just gonna point that out yeah doom labo let's go um because i 
I could have sworn I saw it somewhere, but I guess I didn't because I, I just scrubbed through the the uh, trailer to see if that was actually the case. Um, I did see something that looked like a shotgun, and then I know that they have like those car- the cardboard VR or whatever the hell it is. So like, put those together, you got demon slaying, and that's great <laughs> in my opinion. So if anything, like if I don't think I'd be getting this like by myself if I had a kid, which uh, no, then probably I would be considering it because you know it can really help the kid, you know feel proud of not only playing videos but also like making something that works like this and to be incredible uh but if they do doom yeah i i am <laughs> fucking i will mount that cardboard <laughs> shotgun on my wall like i don't even care yeah so i i would say i i am more on um i would say i'm more on andy and peggy's side on this one where you know i think for the the like the generation of now adult gamers that have children, this is, you know, definitely something that um, I think will speak to them. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I think Peggy's points about like it being great for kids who are interested in building things or to get kids interested in building things um, and seeing like, you know, how uh, like getting that kind of like hands on experience with like taking a part or feeling like you're a part of an AR experience mm. like that could really, uh, I think, spur an interest in, in that kind of stuff. And, and that's great. Um, especially if you feel like you built a robot. Yeah, right? right? <laughs> or a um, demon so yeah, killing I, I, machine. I, See where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like as a kid, I would have really liked this. And I think if my cousin's children were still young, uh, I would have really liked doing this with them. So I, I definitely, I think... I think Sean's concerns about durability and 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 the price point are definitely valid, but um, I, I think if you're a parent with kids, like you know, you're probably used to spending money on expensive shit that gets broken. So um, I don't know. Based on how they have the ability to replace them and everything, like we'll see how that goes. Uh, I did have one tweet I wanted to read though. Um, that came from uh, uh, Mr. Mike Drucker, who's a uh, comedy writer and former games journal, um, who responded to uh, – it was kind of responding to some of the, um, the like, real vitriol that we saw this week about, like, you know, about this announcement, right? And uh, he goes, Nintendo. Nintendo Labo is for kids and those that like kid stuff. Adult gamer. Okay, but what if I don't want it? Nintendo. Totally fine. It's for kids. Adult gamer. Yes, but cardboard? Really? Not in my game room. Nintendo. It's for kids. Adult gamer. But how is it for me? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. So, we'll see how it goes. I'm interested to see how this gamble plays out for them. Um, because, I don't know. Every once in a while, they really hit hit the nail on the head with weird shit like this, and it resonates. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, a lot of times, it doesn't. So that's yeah. I mean, hey, at least cardboard isn't expensive. <laughs> so uh, while not a game announcement, I did want to just take a quick moment to uh, mention that the uh, eight episode season two of Netflix's Castlevania Woo! has been confirmed to be coming this summer. Let's go! Mm. So hyped! Yep. <coughs> 
Uh, the, sh- the show's writer, the legendary Warren Ellis, took to Twitter to, write, to let fans know what's happening with the show. He said, FAQ, people keep asking, so I guess word didn't get around. We're coming back this summer for eight episodes from I like Netflix. everyone's like, oh, I wish Castlevania came back. And he's like, oh, haven't you heard? Like, as, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's as if it was released somewhere where it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, like, like please. Like, yeah, right? He's like, oh, I guess it didn't get around. It's like, oh. Um, no? Nobody mentioned it, yeah. so... It didn't get around because you didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm hyped because it's coming back for eight episodes. That's twice as long. Yeah. yeah. So, fuck yeah. I'm so ready for this. Eight um, is twice so as excited. big as four. Yeah. <sighs> I, didn't, I didn't know that you two were so excited about it because I was going to say Thompson and I will definitely review it in some fashion. I was like, I don't know if we'll make it a main topic because that time we did it because nobody else was on the show. All right, so you guys are everyone has it. to leave and then Pete and I can have another follow-up episode. <laughs> All right, well, bye, guys. <laughs> Just for that no, episode when it comes Cas- out in the summer. I honestly love Castlevania. Like, that was my shit. Like, I, I've watched the se- like I guess the series at this time. At least three times. At least three times in, like... Oh, nice. Yeah, like, it's such a good series. If you haven't seen it yet, you need to. It's so Check good. Check out our review. That, too. But also, it's just so good. Oh, man. I'm so yeah. excited. Because I thought they, like, kind of, like, just dropped it, you know? Because we didn't hear anything about it. So I'm like, oh, I guess it didn't do well or whatever. I heard that it had done, like, decently. But, like, I guess they just didn't no, want to do it. No, it got renewed uh, as soon as it came out, pretty oh, much. Oh, really? I didn't hear that yeah, part. We like, just had yeah, no they... idea on any dates or anything. Like, this is the first time we heard about this stuff. Oh, yeah. weird. All right. Which, like, is cool because I'm glad that they just, like, kept their mouths shut and worked on it. So now it's like, oh, cool, it's here and it's, like, yes. done. Like, it's not a thing that we've been, like spoiled or teased mm-hmm. out for too long where you're kind of like all right enough mm-hmm. put it out so now it's like yeah i'm hyped like let's let's get back into it i i love the first season so uh yeah we'll definitely we'll do a review of some kind one way or another so definitely uh, keep it tuned for that uh so this week in esports news uh, uh dallas fuel player felix xqc lang langiel 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 Okay, has been fined and suspended by the OWL for directing a homophobic insult at another pro player who is actually gay. Austin Mama or Muma? I don't know. Mama. Um, is it I, Mama? I, I think it is Mama, yeah, from, from what I remember. Mama, yeah. okay. Uh, Wilmot of the Houston Outlaws. Um, so I'm going to read a bit from Kotaku's article on this Ooh, subject okay. uh, just to catch you guys up to speed. Um and then uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it a bit. Uh, so this is from Nathan Grayson. All right. So during a stream yesterday evening, Lengel took issue with Outlaws tank Austin Mama Wilmot, who during yesterday's Overwatch League broadcast dropped a notorious line of Youngles, rolled and smoked in reference to his team's performance against Fuel. Lengel was upset in part because he didn't even play in that match. That's fucked up shit, Langle said during his stream, drawing a comparison to a hypothetical traditional sports player yelling at another player while they were benched with a broken arm. That's actually fucked up. You didn't smoke shit, he added. Shut your fucking mouth. Go back there. Suck a fat cock. I mean, you would like it. Wilmot, who is openly gay, brushed off the comment on his own stream referring to Langle as, quote, a homophobic piece of garbage, unquote. Oh, quote, I'll just keep winning. Unquote, he said. Today, Langel took to Twitter to apologize for what he said on stream. Everything is so fucking trash lately, he wrote. Hope I can turn this into something good. Sorry, mama. Wilmot, in turn, accepted the apology and apologized back. You're on a great team, and I fully expect you to return full first before playoffs. GL, my doggy, he wrote. Uh, so then the updates around that were that um, 
on the Overwatch League website, Blizzard uh, announced that Lengel was suspended for four games and was going to be fined two thousand dollars. And then uh, the Dallas Fuel announced that they would uphold Blizzard's suspension and also bench him for the remainder of Season 1's first stage, which ends on February 10th. So while he's suspended, he's going to be getting, quote, additional resources, focus coaching, physical training, and support, unquote, to help him improve. I should mention that uh, Overwatch, like, Owl's announcement about that happened, like, halfway through the first game that day. Um, and they didn't even, like, tweet it out, as far as I know. Um, and I should know because I was reporting on this. Uh, like, they didn't even tweet it out or really make any attention to it. It was Dallas Fuels' announcement just before their game. Uh, I think it was against the Spitfire. Mm, fuck, I should have this set, but I don't. Uh, hang on one sec. Sorry. It was against... Okay, yeah, it was Spitfire. God damn it. Uh, it was right okay. before... The uh, the fuel game against Spitfire that Dallas announced that not only were they going to uphold uh, XQC's ban, I mean suspension, excuse me, suspension for the basically two weeks because it's four games, so two weeks, give or take, um, but also the entire stage one up until February, like early February, I think, like February 10th or something. Um, yep. So it's it's not that long of a ban, but it is that like. Like, he's not allowed to p practice or anything like that. I should also mention that after yesterday's games, he went on stream and started to completely, like, you could say rip apart. I would say complain about the uh, the coverage that he had with, uh, he even, like, mentioned the Kotaku article, brought it up on stream, and, like, started, like, ripping it apart mm -hmm. from, from, like, line by line. Did that with a couple of other uh, articles, and then tried to... I would say he would try to justify what he was saying by saying that he was, quote, a product of Reddit, end quote. So, yeah, that's that's where, where that comes. And, like, his tweets seem sincere, but his stream does not. Um, and I think that's kind of the difference. He was also cited in Washington Post earlier this morning because it is the 21st. So that was, uh, that was a thing. And at least in... I'm going to start the opinions part off because esports diamond right here uh i would argue <laughs> that he does not realize that uh he's a far bigger figure now because with something this big that's becoming mainstream like now we can say it if you have 20 million dollars a spot and 90 million dollar in broadcast rights for two years like that's big enough where people who are not in the scene are going to notice and when that happens you have uh there's far bigger consequences when lines get crossed now that being said i'm not saying xqc didn't know and didn't realize it and he should get a pass he shouldn't get a fucking pass i think this is correct in in what the overwatch league did and i think dallas also handled this really well especially for an org that has repeatedly said if you don't like don't watch um so i do think that this is very nicely done and i do think that Fuel and the Overwatch League handled this correctly, but I don't think XQC realizes how big Overwatch is right now and how much consequences are when you say stuff like that and they're, it's just such a bigger audience. Um, now, that being said, I hope this also sets precedent for other things and like if other people start to, to act up like this, hopefully they won't, but if people do, these are the consequences or these are the, the minimum uh, consequences for someone when they decide to to fuck up like this and it's just 
I also think the the whole product of Reddit thing is bullshit and get over it because you could lose your spot because of the things that you're saying. And if you don't realize that, I don't think you deserve the spot to start with. If you're not mature enough to not say these things um, and you're not mature enough to blame it on your own character instead of blaming Reddit, then maybe you don't deserve a spot on the fuel. Or any team, to be fair. So, uh, this is this is interesting, and I'm glad that this happened, actually, because I think that uh, all of gaming needs to see how this is being handled. In, I mean, look, the, the language that he used, it first of all, it's not a surprise to anybody who games online. And second of all, this exchange is, like, tame compared to what you see, like, in, in most situations. Mm. Um I'm glad that they were ultimately able to just kind of apologize to each other and move on. That's cool. Um, but the suspension and everything else needed to happen because gamers need to see that there are consequences. And a lot of the a lot of the dialogue around this has been, well, this is how we talk. This is the, this is the way that gamers talk to each other, and that's not a good excuse because the language that we use with each other is bad. Yeah, it's, it's the it's same toxic. thing that yeah. we sh- we just shouldn't talk like that. Yeah. Like that's not what we should. We shouldn't say, that's how we talk, and be proud of that. It's that same bullshit that, like, Trump was like, it's locker room talk. No, asshole, it's not how that works. Like, just because you're like, oh, that's how we always talk, then change the fucking way you talk. Like, that's not how, that's not how any of this works. Especially with this high of stakes when it comes to to money in the league. Also, I should mention the $2,000 fine. Um, I don't know if that is, I like how, how Owl handled everything i like how fuel handled everything but i don't know if 2000 is enough because i saw his stream yesterday and he had so many donations i don't know it's up to 2k but i think that him streaming maybe for a week is more than enough to cover that fine um and they say like it's out of his salary and all that jazz and you know he has at least a fifty thousand dollar salary as stipulated by owl's regulations uh and i i would argue he probably has more than that but I don't know if two thousand, just straight two thousand dollars, is worth anything to this kid. And I would also would have liked a, a donation to like an anti-bullying, anti-LGBT bullying like foundation, like the Trevor Project, or it gets better. I think that would be a, a like kind of a step up. But for right now, I do like the the kind of the steps of the precedent this takes, as as a uh, as Sean was saying. Sorry. No, that's fine. And then the other the other thing I wanted to mention was that these people are professionals. They're pros now. They're not just gamers playing Overwatch online. You know, they're professionals. They represent not only the community but their teams. And you can't you can't behave that way. Look at any sports team. Sports have evolved. You cannot use that kind of language when you're on the court, when you're in front of a microphone. The the same thing would happen. You would get suspended, you would get fined, it would be the same thing. And sports players have had to learn. Uh, that 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 that's not okay, and it's not going to be tolerated. And these professional gamers are going to start having to learn the same lessons. And I think, to Peggy's point, um, over time, the infractions might need to be harsher, depending on how much this happens. This is the first instance in Owl, um, and we're going to see how this develops. But no one should be surprised by this. And if anything, this is a teachable moment that I wish gamers would look at as like, okay, maybe. This is maybe how we talk to each other is screwed up. Maybe we need to look at this and go, okay, 
you know, do we need to change our language? And and hopefully the 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 eyes being on esports now, the eyes being on gaming now, is going to force a change in the industry um, with gamers. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and do you have anything to add? I don't have a lot to say about this, but I. I'm I'm very happy that Owl and the Dallas Fuel stepped in to you know do some discipline. I do think it's kind of funny that this week in both sports and esports, Texas teams fucked up. <laughs> uh, you're not kidding. Oh, speaking of, by the way, like one of the major reasons why this like all started was because Dallas Fuel got completely destroyed by the Outlaws. Like destroyed by the outlaws. It was it was a full sweep four zero. But like they see nine off the point at the start of Junkertown, and they didn't get a point to start with. And then outlaws just took that and ran with it. And that was the first map. So C nining means they got off the point right before overtime kicked in. So they never like they couldn't advance more. Um, and basically they went like I don't know twenty meters into a like eighty plus meter map. And it was Jesus. it was bad. Like it was so bad. If you haven't seen it, it's on uh, Owl's like website, and you can take a look at like Junker Town. I think that map in total is like twenty minutes because that's how badly like that's how badly Fuel played. I don't think XQC was playing that one, but also like it was. Yeah, yeah no, no, it was. Yeah, I, I, the article said he was on way. the bench. Like, oh man, oh, oh, Battle of Texas did not last long. Yeah. Um, in <laughs> NBA news, I, I know, I, what, no, wait, this no, is not I, the NBA, no, 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 to, like, make my point no. about, it lends context, actual, you know, like, sports, sports <laughs> teams fucking up, that I was trying to say, why, because it's funny, <laughs> we don't have time for that, <laughs> we would have had time for it if you hadn't said we don't have time for it, all right, so, that's enough of that. Our last news item is going to take us into our meat and potatoes discussion this week, and it's another doozy. So Quantic Dream, makers of the upcoming PS4 exclusive Detroit Become Human, uh, you might also know them for Beyond Two Souls and um, what's the other, the Heavy Rain, that's the good one, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, has Indigo been accused prophecy? of that too, yeah, um, maybe, I don't actually know if that was them, I know that's a David Cage game, but okay. either way, Quantic Dream has been accused of creating a hostile work environment that is full of harassment. So, obviously, this is a very serious topic. Um, you know, I'm going to try and give you the broad strokes. I'm going to be pulling here from uh, ONS Goods article over at Polygon. But um, basically, what happened is uh, reports in three different French uh, publications have come out about Quantic Dream um, having a hostile workplace environment, quote, uh, they had, quote, a hostile workplace rife with racist and sexist humor. And, um, you know, since since that has come out, it came out from uh, Le Monde, which is um, a, a Parisian newspaper. They, they kind of, like, had the first um, report that came out. And then there was a uh, an investigative journal that went into it called Media Part. And then uh, Canard PC, which is a bi-monthly PC gaming magazine for, for French readers. Um, all of them had exposés talking about it that reportedly talked to a bunch of different people. Eurogamer translated them for Western audiences. And um, basically, you know, all these stories accuse Cage and uh, the executive producer 
Um, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, it's a very French name. Guillaume de Fondumire? Nailed it. That's my that's my best that's my best try. Sorry. Um, so they have they've been both accused of tolerating or negligently ma- managing the workplace um, so much that this uh, you know wave of inappropriate humor has just been allowed to thrive. Really. Um, so the report from Le Mans centers on a cache of 600 altered images called homophobic and sexist by those who saw them that were brought to Cage's attention after an employee discovered they had been put in one. Uh, so that's obviously pretty serious. Um, Kennard's PC report includes some of the images. So um, if you want to go check out the Polygon article that I'm pulling from here, you can go go to these links and check out some of these images. I'm not going to link to them down below because I don't want to spread those. Um, so in one, uh, Cage's face was placed on that of a male stripper holding a power tool with a sex toy for an attachment. Uh, so that gives you an idea of the kind of stuff we're talking about that was like hung around the office and stuff like that. Um, so Lamont's report, um, says that both Cage and De Fondumier said that they had not known, uh, of like the worst of the images until they were brought to their attention. So that's where the you know, uh, negligence accusation comes in. And then other employees allege that some of the images, like I said, had been kind of displayed around the offices while some of them had just been, I guess, emailed or passed around. Um, so Cage was also accused of making a racist comment to an employee after viewing security camera footage of a burglary. And D. Fondumier was alleged to have uh, forced himself on staff at company social events, among other sexual misconduct. Um, so both of them have denied the allegations. Uh, De Fondumier flatly denied the allegations, saying this is absolutely false, uh, or, or on no evening did any of this happen. Those are his two quotes to demand. Cage said the allegations were ridiculous, absurd, and grotesque, and, um, basically pulled the PR equivalent of, I have black and gay friends. Oh, for fuck's um, sake. Yeah, here, here's his quote. Um, the, he... The article, Polygon article, puts it this way. He went on to invoke notable relationships as proof he does not tolerate racism or sexism in the workplace. Quote, you want to talk about homophobia? I work with Ellen Page, who fights for LGBT rights. Unquote. Um, Those who don't know, uh, Page was in Beyond Two Souls. Um which was, you know, the another Quantic Dream game. And then he said, you want to, quote, you want to talk about racism? I work with Jesse Williams, who fights for civil rights in the United States. Judge my work. Well, judge your connections, not your um, work. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Williams is an actor in Detroit. So that's, you know, basically, again, he's alleging that these connections with these voice actors make it so that he, uh, you know, oh, obviously, obviously I can't be... It's the Glee defense. Or... It's the Glee defense. It's like I can't be LGBT because I was on Glee. I can't be uh, what's going I can't be anti LGBT because I have friends. It's like fuck off. Right. Um. So then, uh, I guess it's worth context here. Lamont's report also like touched on the controversy we talked about earlier in the year about the scene involving domestic violence um, in uh, in Detroit Become Human, which I think you know um, we defended as you know it's like if the art is good, that's what matters. It, games shouldn't be precluded from talking about those things. But um, the Lamont report says that employees tried to warn Cage of the objectable nature of the scene, and uh, Cage ignored their concerns. 
you know, I don't know that that's necessarily relevant to this broader conversation, but it, it is something that was in the article in question, so I, I thought it was relevant to bring it up. And um, other accounts have said that, uh, you know, basically they've also been suffering from a lot of workload, long hours, pay irregularities, and, um, and, and basically just creating a really, really tense uh, workplace that, that's been um, just uncomfortable. Uh, so then there was a, a, an update to the story where we got Quantic Dreams, uh, response, which I'll leave, I'll, I'll read for you and then we can, we can jump into it. Um, articles published today level various allegations against Quantic Dream, its management and employees. We categorically deny all of these allegations. Quantic Dream filed a, uh, filed a complaint several months ago and further complaints will follow. We invite interested parties to read the responses of our employee representatives and health and security committee to questions submitted by the journalists prior to publication. Inappropriate conduct or practices have no place at Quantic Dream. We have taken and will always take such grievances very seriously. We value every single person who works at Quantic Dream. It is of the utmost importance to us that we maintain a safe environment that allows us all to channel our shared passion for making video games. You should pay him. Instead of pay irregularities, if you value them. <laughs> yeah, right? Right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously that's a very packaged PR response to these very serious allegations that they are categorically denying. Um, but what are, what are your thoughts on this, right? Like, what is your reaction to this? Do you believe uh, their defense? Um, do, you, do you believe that there's something to these reports? What are your initial thoughts? I on feel this story? like the video game industry in general, and this includes like esports and gaming and just video games in general, has been really late to the party when it comes to like Times Up and um, and all the sexual misconduct allegations. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me too. Yeah. yeah, is the is the other one. Um, like video games have been really late, really late, like PUBG beta lag late, and it's just. <laughs> um, but, you know, as, as, you know, as everyone is, is saying now, you know, the time's up and time is, is starting to catch up with the gaming industry. Because now I don't think XQC's comments would have been that serious, you know, if this, even if, even at this big of a stage, like five years ago, I don't think it would have been that big. I don't think that this would have came out five years ago either. Like, and we know this because it's only coming out now, you know, um, but yeah, I think that the video game industry is finally starting to kind of see the light when it comes to that. Um, but my question is, how well will it take? To which I say it probably won't. Um, just based on reactions from a lot of big influencers when it comes to these sort of things. And I don't think it's going to, to really be as impactful as it has been in other industries. Um I do like the fact these are starting to come to light and, and you know we're starting to see gaming's true colors to to a uh, to an extent but I don't know if it's going to be as impactful as it is in other industries and that just makes me sad. I'm right there with you. Uh I think that it won't be as impactful because when you look at the reactions for example, when you look at the reactions that people had to what happened um, with uh, the the Overwatch player, um, XQC, yeah, XQC, like that's that's par for the course in gaming. That's how gamers feel. That's just the way it is. Even and the reaction not- to no to no woman in Owl that could be an even. I think is it a little bit more like in context in like 
in context to, to what's like happening here with with the studio. Right. Yeah, like these those are the reactions, and it's not every single gamer by any means. Obviously, here is five gamers that don't have those feelings, but the reality is that a lot of gamers do a lot of the vocal gamers do and a lot like the gaming community is not going to push these people out it's a fact that's the way it is when you look at hollywood we know that hollywood is rife with these problems and that's what sparked this whole deal but the fact is that they they're pushing these people out and we're not not only are we not pushing them out but we're all right defending them like it's all good that's a serious problem and it, it calls into question where this industry is going because you've got people like david cage who can put up this front and deny it and people buy it they buy it hook line and sinker be not because he's making a, an argument that's like so impenetrable it's because they're inclined to just believe him because he's a guy because he makes games they like because you know because they do the same things so they have the same feelings this is what it is and you know like i'm not surprised by these things anymore and uh, like I said, my my only question is, where does where like can the gaming industry realistically grow the way it seems to want to if the representatives of the industry are this, if the fans of the industry who are vocal are this? I didn't mean to shut shit down, guys. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, sorry, I, was, no. I, was, I was I was giving somebody yeah, else an was, opportunity to jump in. You know, I, well said, and and yeah. Once again, Sean <laughs> takes everything I want to say and says it a little angrier. Yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I think I think what you're saying is salient, Sean. Is that like the reason this is such a problem is because when news like this comes out the reaction of so many people in the community is to uh, argue that it's not a problem at all or want to sweep it under the rug and say, let's just focus on the games. And, you know, you have to, you have to call shit like this out when you see it, if you really feel like it's a problem. Right. And I think even, I, I think the bigger problem is all the people who do feel like us, but just don't want to get in an argument. Or are too you know, afraid to, like, because if you say, if like, for example, in esports specifically, if you say anything like, you know, maybe, you know, why aren't women in, in esports? You get discredited, you get shit on, like, it's not worth the hassle at this time, especially when a lot of big influencers, influencers are thinking the opposite way that you are. And that's, and I, and like, that's the problem, you know, is that like, I, I think as long as, as long as there is the, um, you know, vocal, what I, what I would like to think is, uh, you know, not necessarily a, a minority, but is, is a vocal minority of people who are like truly hateful, um, that that is going to be the perception of the audience, right? And like we like to Sean's point, we have to force these people out, and I I don't know how that happens or you know um, or if it happens. And that's, that's, you know, that's scary. Uh, it's a scary thought. So with that, that's going to take us into our meat and potatoes where I, I want to talk about, um, <laughs> to, to uh, kneecap my own point, I'd like to talk about the game. So obviously allegations like this are very serious and can color our feelings about a game, right? 
But I guess I want to ask, um, should they in this specific instance, right? Because when you have the employees who are making the allegations, also being people who made, uh, you know, significant creative contributions to Detroit for years of their lives, are we helping them by boycotting the game? You know, is that what they would want in this scenario? And um, I, I don't really have an opinion on this one yet because I'm kind of jury's out. I don't, I don't know what the right answer is here. So I guess I wanted to open the floor to just talk through it with you guys of, you know, if you're in this situation, right? Like, do you think, do you think that makes sense? Do you think that it makes sense for us to say like the way to speak, um, the way to speak against this kind of creating this kind of toxic behavior, right? Is to not, not support their game. It's to not allow them to continue to, uh, to do so, right? Or to try and punish them for doing so. But aren't we then also punishing the people who are there and, and the victims put, yeah, who are victims who put, you know, I'm sure blood, sweat, and tears into the game. I don't know. Uh, well, personally, I think a lot of that has to do with knowing the company. If it was someone from like EA and it was an executive there that was with this, um, he's never going to see loss of money from you boycotting the game anyway. So if you feel like it's a good game and it's a smaller studio or something, sure, go for it. Um, if this is going to make or break another studio, then it becomes for your own moral question, you know, do you think that those people already got paid? Maybe they were contracted and the game's already been done, so buying the game doesn't actually pay the developers anymore? Mm. You never know how they are going to get paid. So unfortunately, I think it takes a little bit of due diligence to get to know the company or the situation specifically, and I don't have like a uh, I don't think I could ever just be like, yeah, I always feel that it's one way or the other. I'd have to, you know, look into each one in particular. Like, for this thing... So, so yeah, so what about this? Where, like, it is a thing of, like, David Cage is, like, the auteur of Detroit, right? Like, yeah. it's David Cage's Detroit. Right, but and the jillion people were working on this game, though. Right. Yeah. And including the people who are the ones who, who are the victims mm -hmm. here. Right. So, so, like... I just don't know who how they got paid or if like he's you you even cited from before that there is pay well, I would say even even take pay out of it like right no, like no, think for the, about for the them workers, from like I'm an saying. artist perspective yes, like yeah. don't don't you think you they want you to consume the work that they put time into oh yeah absolutely maybe, but like i don't think on on the other hand maybe it's like they would just rather forget the time working there it's like unfortunately you know this is a thing that everyone reacts to differently and it's it feels kind of weird just like guessing at what the the victims here would want that's why i just think for me i boil it down to something like money because it's like i don't think i can ever choose for their emotions on it but monetarily speaking i know that like value of their work was put into something right and if they sure. got paid already then that's great i don't have to support the company but if they didn't and they were work waiting for like the payback from this to get their paycheck or something or I, their bonus yeah well i mean if it's a bonus like you know that's assuming they might have enough right i'm talking about like the little guy you know trying to code some stupid shit to feed his family you know like i just want people to get their fair share you know that's all i really care about at that point you know um yep. and it's not like i could make the moral judgment on someone you know like i don't think that david cage should ruin their time there you know which he did 
So that kind of sucks. So, th- or yeah. or at least he was a negligent a negligent enough leader that yeah. he didn't care. He didn't help. So that's all I'm trying to say. Um, you know, it's just for me, I have to boil down to something, and I just look at the money side of it for something like that. You know. Yeah. Um. I think for me, what it comes down to is what Pete started to bring up a little earlier. Um, it's like. Uh, because this is a David Cage game, and it's like, he's the auteur. This is David Cage's Detroit. Like, that would definitely sour me on, you know, the whole experience. Just how intimately tied to this one person. Not to, like, diminish the artistic input and achievements everyone else has. Because, like, it's definitely a group project, but when... By all accounts, it's David Cage's vision, and, like, he is the leader of this team, and it's so intimately tied to him, it does kind of make me, you know? Yeah. It gives you pause. Well, it doesn't give me pause. I still have hands. I'm not a bear. Anyway, (laughs) it, it just sucks because, like, it looks like a good game. Like, objectively speaking, like, becoming, become human, becoming human, become human? Become, become human. human. Like, Detroit Become Human. Looks absolutely fantastic, and it's... Oh, God damn it. I would I would argue um, to look at... If anyone has... Obviously, people have spoken out. That's how we know about this. Um, if we don't know what they want, for that, then that's when things get a little bit dicey, as as everyone said. But I would say support it in this particular case because there's still like those people that worked on it, the the, the victims that worked on it, um, they deserve the the success. And even though Dick McDickface is gonna get it as well, it's still they the victims still get some success by proxy on it. And it sucks, but I don't think... If they, if people work this hard on it, and they're completely innocent, and it's just, it was the, like... But but then again, it doesn't, it doesn't make it sound like it was a handful of people. It makes it sound like it's the entire studio, which is even more concerning. So I don't, I don't know. I, I have no clue. It's hard because we don't really yeah. know, right? Like, it's like, th- it sounds like there was a culture of that, but obviously there are a lot of people there that aren't mm. that way, because, and they're still there. It's not like this is all former employees, it's employees. Yeah. So, like, if we don't buy the game, the studio probably closes and they lose their mm. job. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. For me, for me, this th- this situation, there's, there's not enough data, we don't know enough, um, and uh, t- to be honest, like I, I like I when I'm like I would buy the game because I want to play the game, you know. At the end of the day, and um, that's not in support of David Cage. That's not because I think David Cage is a genius or a good person. Uh, my my money is not applying a value judgment to him as a person. I just want to play the game, and that's it. And I'm not doing it because I want to support him. And quite frankly, I'm not doing it because I want to support the people who were the victims. I'm doing it because I want to play a game. And that's it. And um, hopefully, 
in in doing so, that is helpful uh, for them. And my contribution to their well-being is me being on this podcast and saying that this is BS. That it's that it's that it sucks what he's doing, what anyone there is doing that's wrong, and that I'm not cool with that. You know, but th- at the end of the day, that's all I can do. And not buying the game is not to me personally is not some um, it's not some some statement. Like it's not like some moral high no, ground I don't that you take I, by by yeah, doing that. To, for me personally, it's not. I don't I don't see it that way. I don't understand what that does. In the worst case scenario, if everybody were to decide to not buy it, all right, well then those people who you were so concerned with now don't have jobs. And if everyone does buy it, and those people like really care about the victims, and you go online and you say, hey. I bought your game, but it wasn't because of David Cage. It wasn't because of the the assholes that work there that are hurting people. It was because I wanted to support it or because I wanted this experience, you know? And and th- the people who made the game are going to know that. They're going to have to see that because they, they, they gauge the reaction, not just by purchase, but by the conversation surrounding the game, especially in, in this day and age. Uh, so everyone will know. And uh, for me personally... I, I don't I don't see what it does to not buy the game. You know what? If you were going to buy it anyway. You know where I want to see it snubbed? Award shows. I don't want to see him get best director. I don't want him to see him get, you know, the the ones that'll directly contribute him. But I want to see yeah. like best animation, best did he wrote the story, right? I I mean again, it's it's the same thing, right? right? Of like sure, like I'm sure David Cage came up with the idea for Detroit, but I'm sure that there are tons of people who wrote for it cuz like it if you've ever if you ever listen to anyone talk about how much effort it takes to write a right, video game yeah, yeah. that has branching dialogue, mm-hmm. like there was a writer's room, and you know I'm sure that there are dozens of writers, yeah, dozens of people that ha- yeah well, that then, had significant yeah, well, it, creative contributions that you know were their own. In, ideas. That, in that case, anything that's directly tied to him, I don't want to see Detroit becoming human or become human. Damn it, uh, get. <laughs> I okay, don't, it's a I stupid don't think name. I don't think he deserves recognition for it, but in terms of supporting the game, supporting the the team that made it, um, especially since these these victims are on that team, I think that that would be where I would give the green light. But I would hope that, especially in this in this kind of uh, evolving climate, as laggy as it may be, that they do kind of snub becoming human for a lot of things, specifically because the the this one guy who's kind of the head of the studio is a piece of shit. I think I think that that's more what I would like to see. Like, don't reward the man for what he's done because, like, what he's done is create a culture at his studio where you know there's racism and sexism and people are afraid and everything else. You know that that is part that is directly tied to the creation of the game to me in that in that regard yeah. because that's what's happening at the studio alongside making the game. Um, so yeah, he deserves flack for that. He deserves to have, to be honest, I'd love to see him fired. You know, if we could get more data, I would love to see him lose his job. Um, that's probably not going to happen. Or, or, and like at the very least, if it wasn't David Cage, the guy who, you know, was accused of, like, I forget the French right, name yeah, guy yeah. who I keep fucking up. He was, he got accused of sexually assaulting employees. You know, David Cage is being accused of like basically gross negligence mm-hmm. and then, and then they said he made a racist comment too. So like, you know, like I could see it being harder for them because like without him, there might not be a Quantic right. Dream, right? But like this other guy who's the number two guy who did like, 
at the very least, seeing him lose his job would be some kind of a statement of like, you know, recognizing that there's a problem and wanting to fix it instead of just categorically denying everything and saying, well, I have black and gay friends, so I can't be this and that. <laughs> it's like, no, you're a fucking asshole. You know, like, well, you're right, man. And then to, to your point, then maybe the reality is that this that this studio needs to go because we we, we talked about this was many weeks ago, but we talked about uh, the, the, the people who are making that Star Wars game um, that the culture there was so bad. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, visceral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that, that they're, and it just fell yeah. apart. Listen, this I, I don't I don't know all the details about either scenario, but look at what happened over there. You know, so how much of that is seeping into the creation of this game? How much? How is this work? What is this work environment even like? There's so many questions. Yeah. Maybe the studio shouldn't exist, but we don't have power over that as gamers, except if we don't buy the game. But then you're, but then you're, you're doing these people to not have jobs. So I don't know. It's too hard to answer. So for me, it comes down to: Do I want to play the damn game? And the answer is yes. Yeah, and. I- I'm with you on that. That's the thing, man. It's like I, you know, we've talked regularly about how excited uh, many of us were yep. for that game. And um, I still want to play it, you know? And, like, this is going to give me a, a taste in my mouth when I go into it, for sure. But I, uh, I'm i kind of, I have to say, I kind of err on, on your side, Sean, where, like, I feel like, I don't feel like we're, like, I don't feel like we're helping the people that we feel bad for by not buying the art that they spent time on and, you know, possibly putting them out of a job. Right. You know? And, like, maybe maybe the way forward is for Sony to... Because I'm pretty positive Quantic Dream is owned by Sony. Can you guys look that up yeah, for sure. me? I don't remember if they're a second-party relationship. Um, but if that is the case, maybe the answer is no, to, uh, you know... Okay, they don't. Then, uh, then I would say fuck it. You know, like maybe there isn't probably isn't a path forward than if if it is that they these two guys are guilty of everything they've been accused of. Um, never mind then. I was gonna say Sony should remove them and promote one of the other senior members there, and you know, it sounds more like they're thing. the studio, and if you remove them, there goes the studio. Yeah, I think that's true. So, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens with Detroit. You know, I mean, they could I, um, always do the honorable thing and either admit they fucked up and, Whoa. you know, like, you know, it's like, there's always that path. Whoa. I want to say they can't fuck up. He has a black friend. Uh, no. Whoa. Well, they could pay their employees. All right. So there you go. That'd bastards. be good, too. Jesus Christ. They probably, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So obviously, uh, you know, this kind of news is not our favorite thing to talk about. But, um, you know, I think to Sean's point earlier, it is our our duty to uh, to shine a light on this kind of shit when we see it, and um, you know, and say that you know uh, it doesn't have a place in this industry, or it shouldn't. It shouldn't. We demand that you so, do better. Yeah, right. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we get more. Like hopefully this isn't the end of this story. Hopefully it doesn't just stop here. I hope that justice is ultimately served, whatever that means. You know. Um, so I, I think that's going to wrap up the conversation here on, uh, episode 39 of the video game pals. 
So, uh, you know, just a reminder, if you guys want to write in with your thoughts on this or any of the other stories we discussed today, uh, you can hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. You can follow at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold, to stay up to date with all the stuff we've got going on here. Um, you, know, you know, you can always just drop us a comment um, if you're on YouTube or, or SoundCloud. And, uh, you know, if they're, if they're good, we'll read them on the air. So we love hearing from you guys. And, um, you know, before we jump out of here, we'll uh, we'll do some plugs. So, uh, Peggy, why don't you start us Hey, off? if you want to talk... Oh, I should get closer to the mic. Hey, if you want... There you go. <laughs> hey, if you want to talk about uh, esports or Overwatch League or really any anything... I also do fantasy now because apparently that's a thing. Uh, like fantasy Overwatch. In case I wasn't enough of a huge right? dork. Uh, <laughs> follow me on Twitter at Mariah W. M-O-I-R-A-I... M-O-I-R-A-I-O-W. Um, and sometimes I cast stuff for PUBG, and you can check that out on my Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash M-O-I-R-A-I-O-W. See a trend here? Yeah, good. But yeah, so uh, I write for, for Winston's Lab, and I also am the section editors for Ghost of Gamers' PUBG, CSGO, and League of Legends sections, as well as casting for them every once in a while. Oh, and I video edit for the High Noon Podcast. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> If you want to find Peggy somewhere, but you for some reason are versus social media, you can just Where are whisper you going with this? PUBG isn't even a game into the wind. I will show I will and summon. she'll show yeah. up. Yeah. It's a special summon. Sean's <laughs> used it a lot of times, but I've never come with the blizzard, board, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, hey. He just does it randomly hoping that you're like looking at yeah, the blizzard right? books like it's, one it's day. A, it's <laughs> a just on Xbox for anyone who doesn't know. It has everything in it, and Sean has not seen it yet. Not not directly. I need to. <laughs> it's my ace in the hole. Um, yeah, if you want to find me, you can talk to me at Relic Vampire on Twitter. You can tell me how PUBG's still not a game on Xbox. And, uh, you know, let's make fun of P for War Pokemon. I'll join Andy since he's, uh, you know. What? You were on the right side of his yeah, piece he of garbage. Fucking, he turned, man. There must be balance. No! That's some fucking bullshit. <laughs> you need to have two antagonists and two protagonists. I thought you were a gray. I am, but now Andy is the is the good you're guy. You're supposed to be on the middle, Thompson. You're supposed to bring balance to the force. No, this, this is more like when Kaiba, you know, played a dark magician. I'm still Kaiba here. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Well, if you're still Kaiba, then fuck you. All right. Then, Aww. yeah. Find me at Rogue Vampire. <laughs> Motherfucker. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. Sean? Yeah, so uh, you can hear me on the Comics Pals. It uh, drops the day before this uh, show every week. Uh, and other than that, you can catch me on Twitter only at Sean Soapbox, where you can talk to me about whatever you want, except for pirates. <laughs> uh, you can find hey. me over on Twitter at Tiger underscore millions. If you want to hear my takes about pirates and, you know, the government. That's that's what you can expect yeah. in Andy's Twitter feed. Nothing but pirates. If you really government. like, if you want to talk about pirates with Sean, just tweet it at me, and I will retweet all your pirates stuff at Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, keep that shit out his mentions. <laughs> All right, if you guys want to catch some more of me, uh, you can find me along with Sean on the Comics Pals as well. Um, you can also get me on our weekly Riverdale show called The Riverdale Review. Uh, we came back this week. Um, I'm not on the debut episode because I had some personal stuff going on, but uh, I will be back to write that ship this week because whew, when you leave Marco and kill alone, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Uh, you can also um, normally catch me on our uh, Let's Play show, Pals Play, which has been on a brief hiatus while Thompson and I retool the format a bit. Uh, it's coming back strong, though, hopefully in February, because we miss doing it. We're, we're working on the future of the show to make it a little bit more um, digestible for you guys. So uh, announcements on that to come. Um, then if you want to check out my writing, uh, I'm a freelancer over at CBR. I've got an article coming out this week about um, basically weird reasons that AAA celebrities hate on superhero movies. Uh, it's been a fun one to research. Lots of, like, ridiculous quotes. So go check that one out. Help me pay the rent. And um, you can also get me on Twitter and Instagram, at loud underscore Pete, if you want to talk to me about any of this stuff that we talked about here, comic books, uh, you know, check out cute pictures of my cat on Instagram, all that fun stuff. And um, that's going to wrap it up here for the, the video game pals. We will catch Bye, you guys friend. next week. Here, guys.